This is Packers Live Sports Show with Benjamin Den and John Hinton. And we're coming at you live from the WKNC studios on the beautiful, awesome, amazing, fantastic campus of North Carolina State University on 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM. And John Hinton. We're absolutely stoked, thrilled, ecstatic to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with NC State Sports. John, it's the last week of classes. How are you? I'm doing good, Benjamin. How the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I almost said that our mind was on the same, same train right there. <laughs> but um, what is on the docket for today's show? Well, we're certainly going to mention the NFL draft, which has a lot of implications for um, NC State, uh, former players of NC State. We're definitely going to talk some NBA playoffs, men's and women's tennis for NC State, men's and women's golf, softball, baseball, and of course, track and field. But we'll get it started with baseball. Yep. Baseball, we had a top five series versus Duke uh, this past week. That was, um, and Duke as in D-O-O-K. And we played, Duke was ranked number three in the country. And uh, we, they were. Yes, exactly. Or were, yeah. (laughs) No spoilers this time. Game one, we went to Duke, number three in the country. We are ranked number two. And we won nine to two. Yeah, we um, won, or I mean, fourth straight game that we scored first against Duke. We've uh, been consistently doing that. Uh, That was Terrell Tatum. Uh, Duke evened it up, but... We grabbed a 4-1 lead in the bottom, or the, the second inning. The next three at-bats after Duke yeah, tied it up at exactly. one. Yeah. Evan Edwards drove in Brett Kinnaman on a single to center field, and Tatum had a big hit in the frame with a two-RBI single up the middle with the bases loaded. Yeah, Dylan Cooper, he also he scored on a bunt single. I'm, I'm sorry, he reached first base on a bunt single, scored on a sacrifice fly by Will Wilson. Patrick Bailey had a triple to drive in three runs. And that pushed NC State's lead to 8-1. to one. Duke got a run in the bottom of the fifth, but we uh, actually answered in the sixth to take a seven-run advantage. Will Wilson doubled and came around to score on a single by Edwards to give NC State that final score of 9-2. to two. So we beat number three in the country, Duke. Of course, we're ranked number two. Game two was on Saturday, and we won again. But this time, it was a much closer game, a different kind of game. It was 2-1. to one. Yeah, that's our. Uh, it clinched our tenth straight series. Uh, we're undefeated. This year. Seventh this year. We're undefeated in series this year. Brian Brown had another uh, fantastic start for NC State. He threw five point two shutout endings to earn the win, and he is unbeaten on the year at six and zero. Joe O'Donnell came out of the bullpen, eighth save of the season. Uh, Wolfpack pitching, getting it done right now. I think O'Donnell is the guy with the Syndergaard hair. If I'm not yes, mistaken, you're right. Yep. You're right. So the turning mm-hmm. point for this one, after no one scored in the first five innings, NC State scored first in the sixth inning thanks to a leadoff double from Josh McClain and an RBI triple by Will Wilson. Yeah, he was down 0-2 in the count, but uh, he swung on that third pitch, which was, of course, going to be right down the middle on an 0-2 count. And, uh, yeah, went, yeah, yeah it went to deep center and got McLean to score. That gave Evan, us the lead. Yeah, yeah, Evan Edwards stepped to the plate next, and he had a sacrifice fly to right field, which allowed Wilson to tag and score from third base. Initially, he was called out, but on video review, they gave the point to NC State, which was the game-winning run, of course. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, they implemented video review in college baseball now, which uh, this is one of the first few years that they've done it. Which How long is, ago did they implement that? I think it, I believe three seasons ago, mm-hmm. but it's it's been really helpful. Um, they have had it in the MLB for about six years, but um, it's about time, you know, because like umpires are human and they don't always make the right calls. So like obviously help us win. Yeah. And what, so what are some of the arguments against it that it slows the game down, takes away changes the nature of what the game used to be? Is yeah, that- yeah. It, it takes away the, um, I guess the human aspect of the officiating <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, which I mean, you know, umpires they'll make calls all the time. There's not like there's definitely a strike zone which can be like seen as a box if you watch on TV, mm-hmm. but it's still up up to the umpire's judgment. And I guess people are saying that this video review is taking it away, and they're saying like, where is it going to stop? Like, are they mm-hmm. going to review every strike? Are they going to review every single pitch exactly? Yeah. So I think where it is at right now is good. Where you're uh, judging 
whether a runner was safe or out, whether a ball was foul or fair, things of that nature that are mm-hmm. of much more importance than, say, like a simple ball or strike. So as long as they keep it at this line, I think it should be fine. I like this as well because it mm-hmm. gave us the game-winning run. Also, yeah. <laughs> we um, we did not get the sweep because game three, we lost 11-2. to Again, Duke is a top-five team, mm-hmm. but, you know, it moves us. The loss moves us to 31-8 and on the year and 15-6 and in the conference. Uh, in North Carolina baseball as a whole, like the whole state, Duke, NC State, UNC, and ECU all in the top 15 right now. So some terrific competition. Three in the same conference, three in Tobacco Road. Yeah. And of course, we actually had a game against ECU, but actually they're top 10, not top 15, yeah. top 10. And uh, we had a game against ECU, but it got canceled. Hopefully uh, they'll get that rescheduled sometime so we can see that. But yeah, that two, was th- this past yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, 2-1 against Duke, though, against the top three team in the country. So... That Looking brings right us now. to five and one on the year against top five teams, top three teams, because we mm-hmm. we swept swept what, Clemson. Yeah, at what at the time was number two, but that's our spot now. Thirty one and eight on the year, though, which is a great record for individual games. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, and also undefeated in series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on to softball. Not as good news because since last week's show, we've lost uh, four straight games. Yeah, we uh, started a game during our last show against Duke at Dale Field. We lost four to seven. Duke actually scored six runs in one inning to mm-hmm. come down from four to one, and then went to Syracuse, lost in lost three games in all the series, so we got swept three one, two zero, and seven zero. So four straight losses for the Wolfpack, twenty two and twenty five on the year. So hopefully they'll start winning towards the uh, beginning of the ACC tournament, yeah. and can get that at large bid into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, because at one point they were uh, twenty and fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so two and eleven over our past thirteen games. Yeah, so. well, hopefully they'll get back on track. Uh, sure. Moving yeah. on to another uh, non. Moving on to track, like you just. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say another non-revenue sport. I was making a bad pun because you oh, said back it. on track, and I said now we're back on track. Nice. Yeah. I actually like it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna laugh at it. Yeah, because you're too prideful for that. No, because <laughs> no, it's good. I'll, I'll give you the kudos, kudos points. Anyway, <laughs> so we had three track and field meets over the weekend. We had the Mount uh, Sacramento Relays that was over in California. That's a very uh, prestigious meet. Uh, we only had one runner compete at that on Friday because it was two day events. Erica Kemp, um, she ran the 5,000 meter and took third place clocking a time of 15 minutes 43.28 seconds and this is her first time running in the outdoor this season and yeah it, yeah no go ahead yeah uh that's the number three time in the nation for erica kemp and the acc's best time in the event so very impressive she finished third at the event mm-hmm. and third in the nation which tells you right there that that event had the fastest two five thousand meters in mm-hmm. the country yeah and it's this is not like a college relay so like um former like like professional track athletes mm-hmm. can run so like former nc state all-american uh luis vargas he ran on the men's side of the 5000 and um he actually earned all-america honors in the in the 10,000 meters in 2016 and he won silver at the acc championships in the 5000 that same year he ran a 1341 he placed ninth so good on NC State alumnus representing us well. Yeah, he's currently an office assistant, so that is really cool. Yeah, that he yeah. Has, he has a real job, like an adult job that mm-hmm. regular people have to do, and then he's um, an all national uh, track runner as well. Uh, four of the team's uh, sprinters were also able to compete, and so that so Kemp was the only uh, distance runner at this meet right. on Friday. Gabrielle Cunningham ran in two events on the first day, and she competed in the hundred meter hurdles and the two hundred meter. She took fourth in the hurdles with a 13.46 and seventh in the 200 meters with a 23.84. On the men's side, Cravant Charleston, Dylan Peebles, Shannon Patterson, they ran in the 200. Peebles led the way, placing fifth with a 21.25. And all the way across the continental United States, there were some other Wolfpack athletes competing in the Virginia Challenge um, among them. A freshman thrower Tyson Fortenberry had his first collegiate discus win, and he took gold at the Virginia Challenge with a throw of 169 feet and one inches, and that's his first throw of the day. That's uh, yeah, that's a good throw. Freshman getting his first collegiate win. That's that's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Michelle Cobb, she also did well. Uh, she jumped into the NC State record book with her jump 
in the triple jump. Wow. Uh, 40 foot. Um, I'm all over it today. Uh, 40 feet, 11.5 inches. Uh, she got sixth place, yeah, sixth place at the meet. Yeah. Bethany Neely represented the women in the 3,000 meter steeplechase, and she had a time of 10 minutes, 46.23 seconds, which was good enough for an ACC qualifying time. You're worse than the 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 newscasters on like uh, these tiny like weather channels with their yeah. their puns they have going to break. Yeah. No, I like I love puns. I'm sorry. I like it. No, sorry. I like it. Maybe I'm destined for that kind of job. You could be. I could be very well. Could we could be. do a radio yeah. show maybe professionally one day. We'll see. That'd be cool. But we also had athletes running at the Duke Invitational. Three of our distance runners represented NC State. In the 1500 and the 5000, that was, of course, in Durham. Gianna Frontera, she highlighted the group. She took first in the women's 5000, and she ran this event for the first time this season. Only the second time in her career, she clocked a 17.33. So pretty solid running an event for the first time, running the 5K, and second time in her career, and taking first place. Yep, and that was all for Friday, um, Saturday, same three meets. Go to the back over to Sacramento mm-hmm. in the men's 4x100 relay, Cravant Charleston, Prasong Cunningham, Sh- Shannon Patterson, and Dylan Peebles uh, finished with a time of 39.61 to record the ACC's fastest 4x100 mark of the season. I absolutely love the 4x1 because of just how quick you have to pass the baton mm-hmm. and how quick it takes. I mean, that's like l- below a 40-second race. That's like... Absolutely ridiculous. So they're averaging less than just less than ten seconds. They're averaging nine point nine. So they actually go faster than a typical um, hundred like, meter dash. Exactly. If you took four times a hundred meter, because everybody's getting that running start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that zone. But continuing. I'm just uh, proud of myself. I said four by one hundred instead of four x one hundred. Good for you. I know. I'm I'm growing as a person, John. Yes, very very much so. <laughs> uh, Cravon Charleston. He also ran. In the 100 individual, he clocked a personal best 10.22 at Saturday's meet, and that puts him third in school history, moving up from 10th. It's the third best time in the ACC this season, tied for 18th nationally. Gabrielle Cunningham ended the Wolfpack's time in California with a 11.61 in the 100-meter dash, which was good enough for 14th place. This is, again, a meet with other professionals as well as collegiate athletes. Yes. Uh, moving on to the Virginia Challenge, which is mostly field events. Lauren Evans, she posted a season-best mark in the shot put uh, with a 52 feet, 1.75-inch throw. Yep, and uh, Tiana Patello clocked a 24.34 in the 200 meters to place um, eighth in uh, the 200 meter, and that's sixth on NC State's all-time list. But it was actually a personal best. So she was at six before the race, and then she... Um, she uh, stayed at six because that's her personal best. Good job for her. Alexis Postal, she ran a 14.02 PR in the 100-meter hurdles. That put her on fourth uh, on the all-time performance list for NC State, and she is only a freshman. Yeah, Edwin Rudo uh, secured an ACC Outdoor Championship berth in the uh, 1,500 meters with a personal record of 347.89. Uh, Megan Rappel led the way for the Wolfpack in the women in the 1500 meter as with a personal best of 422.38. And the evening concluded with the men's 5,000 meter with all three NC state um, runners putting up personal bests. Yeah. Patrick Sheehan, he finished uh top. He placed fourth with a 1357. He beat his personal record by 16 seconds. Elijah Moskovitz, he took 14th right behind him, only five seconds slower, qualified for the ACC championships with his time. Joe Bistrich, three seconds behind him, placed 19th. And up next, NC State will travel to Philadelphia to take part in the 124th running of the Penn Relays. That's a three-day meet. It's going to run Thursday through Saturday at Franklin Field. And not surprisingly, that is... One of the longest, well, that is the longest, longest running, uh, see what I did there? Longest running. Yeah. That's what you were trying to Track say. Track and field um, <laughs> competition in the United States. I wasn't born yesterday like this song was, John. <laughs> see what I did wow, there? Wow, you're very, yeah, okay. Okay, we okay. are losing so many listeners, listeners at this point. It's the end but of the year, man. It's since okay. it's the last official show of the year, we're just going to play you some songs throughout the year that we liked or actually were heard back that, certain some people like these songs so a good buddy of mine alex when we played this song he he asked me later he's like dude what was that song that was that was my jam 
So this was I picked it out. I yeah. found it. <laughs> I, I was about to say. I was about to credit you, John. <laughs> Thanks, you just, man. I yeah. Anyway, this is born <laughs> yesterday by Colorado, and so hopefully you will enjoy hearing it once again as we're gonna play um the, some of the better songs that we've played this year. We'll be right back on eighty eight point one WKNC. Packers Life Sports Show, Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. That was Born Yesterday by Colorado, one of my personal favorite songs. Thank you, Ben, for playing it. I really appreciate it. No worries. I got you, John. Yeah, we are back. We are talking about men's golf. We had the ACC Championship in men's golf over this past week since our last show, and we finished eighth, so not the best, but still a good showing for the men's golf team. Yeah, uh, we shot eight under par on Sunday, and we finished with a three-round score of 846. That's the lowest team score for NC State in the ACC Championships in 16 years. And that was, um, we shot 841 as a team on our way to finishing second in 2002. Yeah, so Georgia Tech won it, by the way. I feel like we, uh, yeah, I guess we should, yeah, they won it. But interestingly, though, we could have easily finished a lot higher because Duke, UNC, Notre Dame, and us all finished within two shots of each other Yeah, uh, in fifth through eighth place. So we just happened to be on the bottom end of that. So we could have finished which as is, high as fifth. Which is crazy because you got so many players on the teams mm-hmm. playing three rounds. I mean, it shows that the golf, I mean, the golf course conditions, they probably weren't that tough if the scores were that close. Mm-hmm. And probably pretty high scores overall. About like, you know, three under, four under for a round at the highest. Don't you mean four over. low scores? Get it? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. I know golf so well, and I can't believe I did that. Thank you. I'm sorry. By the way, the the 280 that we shot on Sunday was actually the lowest score on an individual day at the ACC championship that the team has ever had. Yeah. So we actually, even though despite that, we were eighth going into Sunday and came out of Sunday eighth. So we Mm would have been even lower if we didn't have like the best day of golf for the whole (laughs) team. Steven Franken, he did have a very good tournament. He had a three-round score. Of 206, which puts him at 10 under par. He finished in a tie for sixth place individually, and that is the lowest for an NC State player in the ACC championship since Matt Hill did so in 2006 and 2009. So the final standings for NC State's individual golfers, uh, Franken tied for sixth with scores of 69, 70, and 67 for a 206. Uh, Justin Hood actually... Tied for eighth, and he was only one shot behind Franken as he had score of 69, 69, and 69. Very consistent. Yeah, throughout the uh, the whole weekend. And tied for 30th, Benjamin Ship. What a good name. Uh, finished <laughs> with 216 with scores of 74, 72, and 70. Harrison Rhodes shot a three over par, 219, 75, 70, 74. Tied with Easton Paxton for another uh, three over par finish 73 72 74 they were tied for 38 individually i am almost certain but the last time we talked about this on the show uh Rhodes and paxton tied again they're always like in that middle of the road like tying range you know they're always tying each other over a whole over three under something like that yeah that that, that's kind of cool so in women's golf also had the acc championship and we also finished eight out of 12 teams yeah, uh, Laura Kowal, she shot a three over par, 73, 74, 72, for a total score of 219. She finished tied for 12th on the tournament. Um, India Clyburn, she shot a seven over par, 223. With uh, She recovered nicely after a slow first round of 79 to shoot 70 and 74 on her next two days. Cecily Overby tied for 34th. With a eleven over an eleven over par two twenty seven seventy seven seventy five seventy five, Monica Hartle finished tied for forty seventh with a two thirty two sixteen over par, shooting eighty eighty and seventy two, and Naomi Ko to close it out for NC State tied for fifty second, shooting a nineteen over two thirty five seventy four eighty eighty two and seventy nine. Yep, and the selection show for the uh, postseason tournament is five thirty on the Golf Channel. And I'm assuming that is today. Yes. And that's going to find out. Like in seven minutes. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if we got in the NCAA regional championships, we could uh, probably check on Twitter at some point and see if we can get that news to you uh, during the show. Don't know if it'll come right up because I think they do it in a uh, way similar to the bracket bracket show. 
So if we find so, out before six, we will let you know. NC State women's tennis will tweet it out, and we'll let y'all know. You mean golf? Golf. Yeah. I was thinking about tennis because that's what's next exactly. on the agenda. <laughs> uh, we went to Pittsburgh, and this is uh, a team that was struggling earlier in the year. We were, as in, and now we've won a bunch of games, and we're moving up in the ranking. Matches, but yes, yes. Ma- Aren't they games too, though? Games are individual. So like games are within a set. Sets are within a point. Points are within a match. Okay. Yeah. Guess so that like makes a, sense. a game is when you have like 15, 30, 40 game or okay. like, yeah, love 15, stuff like that. But yes, continue. I didn't mean to love go is, on that tangent. I apologize. <laughs> no, that, that's actually a, a good point because I mm-hmm. didn't actually know that. Yeah. And anyway, love, love is zero. Yeah. Love is nothing. <laughs> NC State, uh, we did have the doubles point as Bianca Moldovan and Taylor Stenta overcame uh, their opponents 6 0 at the number two position and number 25, Claudia Wicktorn and Anna Rogers uh, won their set. Six to three, so we got the doubles point there. In singles, Amanda Rebel, she earned a two-set victory, winning 6-1 and the same score in the second set over Clara Lucas. Uh, Anna Rogers defeated Gabrielle Resende 7-5-6-2 at the number one position. Yeah, and Victorin, uh, she clinched the match for the pack at the number two position as she beat Camilla Marino 6-4-6-3. Taylor Stenta outlasted Okamoto 6-2-3-6. And one zero. Yes, they scored ten to six in that final game. She has been killing it. Yes, she is. I don't know if we've talked about a loss by her in the, at least the last few weeks. Um, and at the number three position, Taylor Bridges o- overcame uh, Louise Farron at five to seven, losing the first set and came back and won six to one zero ten to six. And by winning that match at number three, Taylor Bridges won her ninth ACC singles match of the season, and that is the most ACC singles wins. Recorded in one season in program history. It's incredible. Yeah, we did not keep that up. That was enough for the six-one win. Mm-hmm. But then we went to Louisville, which is ranked number six, twenty-six in the country. And at this point, we are ranked number thirty-three, and we did lose four to three. Wait, you mean Syracuse? Syracuse. Is yeah. what I meant to say. Did I say Louisville? You said Louisville. Yeah. I meant to say Syracuse. <laughs> They're all in the same conference. They all are the same to me. Yeah. Anyway, with the win, with the loss, we dropped to sixteen and thirteen, which was I think our Broke a five-match winning streak, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. we were 11 and 12 exactly. a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that was a five-match winning streak that was broken, and that put our overall record at 7-7 in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got the doubles point again. We did get the doubles point. That's what NC State what does. Andriana Remy <laughs> and Amanda Rebal uh, won their first match, uh, sixth, first game, sorry, 6-1 to one at the number two position. <laughs> And uh, NC State earned another 6-1 win from Bianca Moldovan and Taylor Stenta to get the doubles point. Adriana Riemi, she did get a win for NC State at number 94 nationally. She continued her excellent singles play. She won 6-0, 6-2 at the second flight. Claudia Wiktorin also picked up our only other win at the match, outlasting Anna Skudun at the number four position. Coming down from a first set dropped, uh, four six six three six two. Yep, and so up next, that concludes the regular season for women's tennis. We will be competing at the ACC tournament at the Cary Tennis Park, which starts today, and yeah. we are the number eight seed. And we will play the second round against ninth seeded Clemson on the twenty sixth. Is when we'll play because apparently we got that bye. Yeah, at, mm-hmm. but that starts at nine a.m. Man, these sixteen tennis- teams, four rounds, four days. So a lot of tennis to be played. Hopefully, we there's can beat sixteen Clemson. teams in the tennis. I ACC? think so, yeah. yeah. Who do we have in Pretty tennis sure. that we don't have in basketball? Uh, no, it, it's not important. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. I think, it, yeah, I think it's 16. Well, okay. there's 16 in basketball. No, there's 15. 15. Notre yeah, Dame. Oh, we don't have Notre Dame. No, Notre Dame's in basketball. Yeah. Maybe there is 15, and I'm wrong. Okay. But <laughs> I like that possibility. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Anyway, men's tennis, we concluded the regular season against... Number one ranked Wake Forest. Demon Deacons. Yeah, that's the alum of my mom and like her entire side of the family. Really? Yeah, my my uh, my grandpa was a professor there when his kids were college age, and then all four of his kids in the time that he was professor uh, went to Wake Forest. Wow. So yeah, we have a family friend who went to Wake Forest. So I've always, I I, I usually try to pull for them when yeah, they're not yeah. playing state. I have or nothing Duke against Wake like Forest yeah. if they're not playing. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing against Wake Forest except they're not teams number one in the country in tennis, and they did defeat our 25th-ranked men's team 4-3. to three. Yeah, we did win the doubles point, though, which we seem to always do. 
The Savelchik brothers actually had an unfinished point. Alexis Gallardo, Michael Ogden picked up a win, and Tadis Babalis and Georgi Malyshev also picked up a win at 7-5 to clinch the doubles point for NC State. Yep, and NC um, Wake Forest, I'm sorry, had uh, two top six uh, players, uh, and they defeated Gallardo and then Savelchik, and then they had a 40th-ranked uh, player defeat Tadis Babalis, and then they had one more win over Ivan, and that clinched the uh, the match for them as they were up four to one. Uh, Bar, I mean Robert Turzak uh, did pick up a win for NC State as well as Georgie Malashev. Both of those in three sets, but it was four three, so we lost the match, but we still made it close in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a loss uh, against the number one team in the country. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they had two top six uh, players. Three top right forty. There. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that puts us at sixteen and seven on the year, six and six in the ACC, and the Demon Deacons are 22, 22 and two, and eleven and one in the ACC to close the regular season. Yes, NC State will enter the twenty eighteen ACC Championships as the number seven seed will face Miami in the first round with that matchup set up for five p.m. And with that, we have finished all of the non-revenue sports of the year. We really hope that you enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. covering. We still got some uh, discussion planned for you later in this hour. Yeah, but, we're going to take another yeah. song break because we like the music that we played yes. uh, throughout the year. We're not just talking heads. Yeah. Well, we're going to play two more, I think. We're going to play um, Meteoric Rise okay. by uh, Windshop. Mm-hmm. It is a great song, and it is by, uh, well, one of the guys in the band, uh, Gus is a good buddy of mine, and he is friends with and Wilson. I never met Wilson, the other singer in the band, but he is a really, really good singer, and their song is really good. So that's what we're gonna play right now. <laughs> this is Meteoric Rise by Windshop. That was Meteoric Rise by Windshop on 88.1 WKNC Packers Life Sports Show. Coming at you live, Benjamin Denton and John Hinton. And we are earlier than usual in that home stretch of the program. Just not a lot of stuff going on in the non-revenue sports. But what I'm really, really excited about is the NFL Draft. Oh, yeah. Which is coming up tomorrow night. And we could see a record number of NC State players drafted because we will see it because the record I think is five or six and we're going to get it's it, six. It's six. We will get seven drafted, possibly nine. Yeah. But there's going to be nine guys that are going to be on NFL rosters for we, sure. We may have seven drafted in the first four, maybe five rounds, which is pretty incredible, honestly. We had a really talented team. This Very year. talented team, especially our defensive line. But, um, I mean, let's start with, let's start with Bradley Chubb. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where... Do you think he'll go? Where do you want him to go? I think he will go to Cleveland. I want him to go to Cleveland. I know that okay. sounds terrible to say. It really does. But here's my Not thing. Not to me. Explain. Yes. I, yes. Miles Garrett. Yes. Cleveland is a dysfunctional organization, but, well, they are a dysfunctional organization. I'm trying to get past that. It's taken me a second <laughs> to get past it, but I think they will. They have a lot of young talent in Cleveland, and what, the Colts have their number two pick? Uh, who Actually, is no. Uh, the um, the Giants have the number two pick. Giants the have Jets the have the number three pick. That's another possible landing spot New for York. Chubb. But New York is looking like they're going to take a quarterback. But a lot of teams do before the draft because when quarterbacks are taken higher than they should be, that pushes down better players. And so Cleveland, I think that Chubb is the best player in this draft and that Cleveland should, should take him number one unless they're really in love with one of these quarterbacks. But they're probably going to get Chubb at number three, because right. at number four, four yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, New York's going to take either Saquon Barkley or quarterback based on what they've shown. So usually there'll be like you're going to see some trades and whatnot. But as it's looking like, I'd be really excited to see Bradley Chubb in Cleveland playing across from Miles Garrett and with Jab- Jabril Peppers and a bunch of other players on that defense. That team has a surprising amount of talent. Yeah, 
especially gained this offseason. Like, I mean, we saw them trade for Tyrod Taylor. We saw them uh, trade for Jarvis Landry, sign him to an extension, Mm -hmm. and they signed Carlos Hyde to a three-year deal. And don't forget about Josh Gordon, who, when he was playing, was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He actually, he tore it up at the end of last season. You know, he did the best he could. I mean, like, Deshaun Kaiser, he's now in Green Bay to be a terrible backup, but... (laughs) But, I mean, Tyrod Taylor is better than Deshaun Kaiser. Yes. Tyrod Taylor has a strong arm. He can get Josh Gordon the ball. He can get Jar- Jarvis Landry the ball. I think these two receivers are perfect to be on the same team because yeah. Josh Gordon is that big that uh, big play, long, physical target. Like, he's going to stretch the deep field. Threat. Exactly. Deep threat. Thank you. That was actually our first uh, flag football name was deep threat. That's really That's yeah. really clever, John. Yeah, but we changed it. But we changed. What it. was it this year? Hook and lateral. Hook and lateral. Did we do yeah. any laterals at all? No, we didn't. Nice. But <laughs> but Jarvis Landry, he's like he's the screen guy. He's the mm-hmm. sure-handed one. He's the hundred catches a year for twelve hundred yards I am guy. Almost certain he leads the NFL in catches since he's come into the league. Exactly. In that time frame. But he also does not have a high average per catch. He yeah. averages probably eleven, maybe thir- thirteen at the highest yards per catch. Josh Gordon's probably going to average near 20. Near 20, in, yeah. maybe above 20 with Tyrod Taylor stretching the field. But, Honestly, in hindsight, yeah. the fact that Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon went to the same team was the worst thing for both of those guys. Yeah. And I think it's one of the better storylines you're going to see in the NFL this year if you see, I don't know if Johnny Manziel is going to be back in the NFL, but to see Josh Gordon back mm-hmm. where he said he had never done a game where he wasn't on something since middle yeah. school. And that he's cleaned himself up and he's playing in the NFL. And you might see Johnny Manziel, from what it's looked like, has cleaned himself up. You might see him back. He was getting people mm-hmm. looking at him. I don't know. But to see, those, that might be some of the best storylines from this NFL season that's coming up. I, I absolutely agree. And, I mean, um, like, this sounds, like, kind of crass. But, like, if Josh Gordon's been drunk or high playing, you know, every game in his career, imagine what he can do while, while sober. Like, he, seriously. he was tearing it up at the end of Imagine, last season. Imagine, because there is, there is like, there, you always lose brain function mm-hmm. with some sort of stu- substance. So he's losing that, maybe that first, I don't know. I think if he gets if he gets right, which it appears like he is, and he finds mm-hmm. the, like, the maximum potential, I think he could be better than Antonio Brown. I think he could be Julio Jones with some of Antonio Brown. I think he could be the best receiver in the league is what I'm trying to say, which I'd, I'd love to see. I would but, love to see that yeah. as well. That is, Although he is older. He's, what, 26 or 27 now? He's twenty. He's 26 because yeah. he, he did play four years in college. Yeah, so, so he's older. So we won't see a lot of Josh Gordon for the next three or four years, but we're going to see good Josh Gordon, hopefully. But we're talking a lot about the Browns. What are... What are some <laughs> uh, storylines that you're looking that you're anticipating with tomorrow night's draft? I'm really um, well, not tomorrow night necessarily, oh, but on who's Friday. Who's the best quarterback in this draft? We John? Oh, okay, right now, yeah. Joel Rosen, Josh Rosen, jo- jo- yeah, Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. I don't know why I said Joel Rosen. Josh Rosen is the best quarterback in this draft. UCLA guy. Yeah, know? he reminds me of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who I think is the greatest quarterback of all time. And you can you can destroy me all you want. For that, but I yeah, think Twitter's just blowing up right yeah. now. Oh, yeah, definitely. By the but, way, you can follow us at Pack is Life NCSU on Twitter. Yeah, at Pack is Life NCSU. Tell me what you think of my hot take. Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback of all time. And there's not really much of a debate. Tom Brady's the best winner. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I'm not going to debate it, but Rosen reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. And there's like dumb similarities. Like he went to a California school mm-hmm. that. Didn't really compete in the Pac-12, but he put up great numbers. West Coast offense. But it's it's like his personality, too. Mm -hmm. He reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. He's very, like, he's very cocky. He's very outspoken. You know, he speaks his mind. He's also, like, he doesn't just go with outspoken with dumb things. Like, he... Yeah, he's very very well-versed in everything he's talking about. Absolutely. And I I just think his ability to read a defense is going to top anybody else in this class. I did not watch a lot of Josh Gordon. I happen to agree you with mean you. mean Rosen? Rosen, yeah. I, I haven't watched a lot of Josh Gordon either. But, um, <laughs> I did not watch a lot of Josh Gordon, but what I did see... Josh was, Rosen. Wow. I'm not doing this Joel on purpose. Joel Rosen. You mean I Joel swear, Rosen. I swear, I swear. Josh Rosen, the quarterback at UCLA, he had, what, a 31-point comeback 
which was one of the better games that you'll see in a long time. And I think a player that can do that, I know that's overreacting from one game, but he did have a great career and a great game. He was very highly touted going into UCLA. Mm -hmm. But not every guy you pick can do that. And I think that would be, if, if I was analyzing these players as a professional would, that's something that would set him apart. Another thing mm-hmm. is, like Baker Mayfield, his, he's a leader and he's a winner. And I think he's going to be a good NFL player. Some people think he's the next Johnny Manziel. What do you think about Baker Mayfield in comparisons to Johnny football? I think, uh, well, I, I don't think Baker has a domestic violence problem mm-hmm. necessarily so I, I think as long as Baker get, keeps good people around him I think he's going to be successful I don't know if he's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback or like a Super Bowl winning quarterback but I really see like um, I'm trying to think of a good comparison well um, the last guy to come out of college that like was, Dak Prescott it could be like Dak's ceiling and Baker's ceiling are probably the same I could see now, that. Dak hasn't gotten to his ceiling, but I, I'd say I don't think Baker will be as good as Dak his rookie mm-hmm. season, but yeah. There's some comparisons um, to, uh, what's, what's it? Um, to me, I think of Deshaun Watson. In not, okay. And this is why, because they the Browns are thinking, well, the Browns are thinking about picking Baker, which before the draft process had started, people would have said was crazy just because he's six feet tall, yeah. which is ludicrous anyway to like base it just on a couple of and inches. Yeah, Russell's six feet tall. He's five eleven. Yeah, he's five eleven. Exactly. Yeah. But Deshaun Watson was a guy that was a winner in college, and I think Cam Newton, winner in college. I think that Tebow, winner in college. Ah, man, wow! You just completely destroyed my argument. Mm. We're talking about good quarterbacks here. Yeah, John. okay. Good quarterbacks yeah, got- <laughs> that were winners in college. I okay. love Tim Tebow. He's not a good quarterback. Yeah. But um, I think that because of the success of like a Deshaun Watson last year you'll see a Baker Mayfield that might get taken maybe higher than people thought he would have. Okay. Here's here's a question for you. Um what do you what do you think of the comparisons between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson? Ooh. And I, Baker Mayfield. I think Deshaun Deshaun Watson is going to be a significantly okay. better quarterback. Well, what's the difference between Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield? Oh, Lamar Jackson is way faster. Okay. One. Anything I think, else? I think Baker Mayfield's a better thrower and more accurate. Okay. And I don't think I don't think Lamar Jackson is that accurate. I, I like mobile quarterbacks. Just to me, Lamar Jackson is he just looks he looks really thin. He, yeah. he does. And I hate to be the guy that's like, oh, he's a mobile quarterback or he's a black quarterback. He he's not gonna be good in the NFL. He should change positions. But he does look and play like a wide receiver. Now I hate to doubt him, but he is so, so fast. He's like Michael Vick fast. Yeah. And again, he maybe he could Michael be, Vick was a game changer though. He was yeah, in his prime. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he can't be that. It would surprise me a little bit because I didn't, I didn't think Lamar Jackson threw that well in the games that I saw him this year. He didn't yeah. throw very well versus NC State. I think he can learn. I think his legs can also, like, it can all buy him time, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I mean, Cam's not the best thrower. Exactly. Cam is, yeah. is relatively a really pretty accurate quarterback, but if you compare him to the best of the best, Cam's yeah. not as accurate. But you would still consider him a top-tier quarterback exactly. because of his running ability and, yeah, stuff like that. And his smarts, too. I don't know yeah. why people don't talk about that, but Cam Newton is an extremely intelligent quarterback. And yeah, I mean, I could talk about Cam I Newton think, for the I whole think hour. The reason that I like uh, Rosen over Baker Mayfield is the height difference. And you said that's kind of dumb, but Joe Rosen is 6'4". And I uh, I mean, Finley, 6'5". You know, good quarterbacks. They seem to be taller. Cam it's a good decision by Finley to stay because there's a lot Great of Great decision. Lot yeah, of, yeah he's, his draft stock's just going to go up next year just by lack of the good quarterbacks Finley coming out. Finley could potentially be a top three, maybe even the best quarterback in the draft next year. Like You look at guys like Josh Allen like come out of nowhere. There's no good reason why Ryan Finley can't be the number one pick in the draft next he's probably year. Gonna, he might win the Heisman, but that's NC State football, and we'll talk about that uh, next next semester too. I think we should talk some NBA playoffs because that's, yeah, that's my favorite topic of of life. Wait, what, <laughs> what, okay, so you're a Hornets fan, right? Oh, wait, yes. they're not good, so you're not as much. And you, you're a Blazers fan. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. They got swept. Who are you a fan of? I like the Hornets. You just roasted yourself, man. Yeah, but I don't care how good they are. I'm still going to be a fan of them. I'm <laughs> oh, not, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still not a Hornets bandwagon. Fan. I'm still a Hornets fan. Yeah, but the Blazers, I was sad to see them get uh, Let me explain this. Damian Lillard is a player that's really grown on me. I'll, ex- I'll explain this. I was a Bobcats fan when I was little, but I, I was a Blazers fan because I really like Brandon Roy, mm-hmm. and they only play each other two times a year, and okay. they're never going to meet in the finals. Yeah, that's true. Never going to meet in the finals. Never so, say never, John. 
Yeah, that would be, yeah. I mean, I would pull for the Hornets if it was Blazers-Hornets in the finals. But I still call myself a Blazers fan. But yeah, they got swept. By the Pelicans, sad. minus DeMarcus Cousins. Who I think, I think the Pelicans are better without DeMarcus Cousins. And uh, a lot of people who don't really watch the Pelicans might call me crazy. Because, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, you could say he's the best center in the league. Anytime you take away a top player... Your team is objectively going to get worse, but I don't think that's happened because I think Anthony Davis is the perfect fit for mm-hmm. the players around him because he's he's 6'10". He's not 7 feet. He's a power forward. He's not a center, mm-hmm. and he can shoot, which, I mean, Boogie can shoot too, but he's so athletic and so multidimensional that he can play every single position, and they can play like Miritich at the power forward, and they can play, you know, Rondo and... uh you know, like Drew Holiday together. I've and never liked Miritich at watching him play. I never liked him. I don't remember. He did something against Charlotte. Um, he's the guy that uh, Kemba Walker crossed Kemba crossed up. him bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then um, he got he got his face smashed in at the beginning. By before. Bobby Portis. Yeah. yeah. And then he got traded because apparently the team was on the side of Bobby Portis. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about Miritich. But a Not really, necessarily. A really good trade by the Pelicans and... I'm okay with the Pelicans. I like the birds, so I'm okay with the team doing well. It's yeah. not irking me in any way. But is Anthony Davis enough to take the Pelicans past the Warriors? I don't think that's all they have, though. That's the thing. I think Drew Holiday really showed that he is back to his all-star form, mm-hmm. which he was in in 2012, 2013. And, I mean, he scored 41 points in that game. Playoff Rondo is a different player. And that's that doesn't sound like much of an argument, but he's a different player. Yeah. Play, Regular season Rondo does not really try. Or he just doesn't have the same intensity. I don't know what it is. But Rondo turns it on in the playoffs. And you got guys like uh, Ichuan Moore mm-hmm. hitting threes. Ian Clark hitting threes. Ian I think, Clark's on the Pelicans yeah, now? Yeah, Ian Clark's on the Pelicans now. I thought now. he was still on the Warriors. Nah, he's on the Pelicans now. I, I really think that they can push this to seven games, maybe six. I think if they win, it's gonna have to be in Game Seven, and it's gonna have to be at Golden State because I can't see them. I can't see them winning a game four out of six. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't see them winning in six, but I can, I can't see them winning at Golden State if it's not a Game Seven. I could I can understand that. Is yeah. Curry gonna be back? As of right now, Curry is. There's really no word. Like they're planning on. They said that they're planning on him being back, but as of right now, there's no real news. Like he's starting to practice, and he, um, you know, he's wearing basketball shoes, warming up with the team. So, my gut tells me he'll be back by game two at the latest, game one at the earliest. So we got uh, uh, the the Sixers took care of business with the Heat um, mm-hmm. last last night, which was after the Heat won game two in Philadelphia. Yeah. There were some people like, oh, oh look at look at Miami. Oh, yeah. yeah, but trust the process. Yeah, I love watching Philly play. That's a really fun team to watch. Oh yeah. Love Joel Embiid and, and the Ben thing Simmons, I, the thing name, I, by the way. The thing I love about that team is that they have about five different players, not named Ben Simmons, not named Joel Embiid, who can be their highest scoring player mm-hmm. on any given night, and their team won't miss a beat. J.J. Redick, 20, 27 points last night. Another night, Ilya Sova was in the 20s. Bellinelli was in the 20s. Dario Saric, Robert Covington, all these guys. They got, they got so many players who can go off any given night, and... Ben Simmons can still have a triple-double, and Joel Embiid can still have 20 and 10. And they're not even the biggest difference maker, and yet they're two all-star caliber players. That's why I Mm -hmm. think they're so dangerous. Like you said, they're so much fun to watch. I think the winner of this Bucks celtics I think the Sixers beat them in five, maybe six. I'd love to see the Bucks win, honestly, because you get to see Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, They they have to win the last two. That's really, really fun to watch to me is is the Milwaukee Bucks. To me, it's way more fun to watch than the Celtics. Also, though, Jalen Brown is a real a guy that's come a long way. Super fun to watch as well. I do love Jalen Brown. Like uh, he's also, got his he own brand now. Flat top too. He really does. He really it's does. Amazing. He's got uh, he's got his own brand now. It's called Juice, but the the J is a seven. And I just I really want a Juice shirt. <laughs> like I I really like Jalen Brown. No Celtics fan by any mean, but by any means, but I love Jalen Brown. Next yeah. year could be the year that the East becomes better than the West, provided LeBron doesn't go West, because you have the Celtics that will, will soon be at full strength, with Gordon Hayward yep. and Kyrie Irving. We'll have the Sixers, who will be a year older. We'll have the Bucks, mm-hmm. who will be a year older. 
And then you'll still, if LeBron stays in Cleveland, we'll have the Cavs. And so that could be those teams there. And you still have Toronto during the regular season. Think about this. Think about, um, imagine that the Celtics signed DeMarcus Cousins. And to do that, they would have to trade away Al Horford. So what they would be doing is they'd be giving DeMarcus Cousins like a one-year max because mm-hmm. he's he's a little older. He is coming off a torn Achilles, which is a pretty terrible injury. Yeah. And he's, you know, his team got better without him. Not to say he's not a great player. That probably hurt his trade value, though. Exactly, yeah. It hurt his trade value. Well, he he is an unrestricted free agent. So if if Boston can somehow get rid of Horford's contract, which unless they're getting a lot for Horford, I wouldn't trade Horford because he's been playing very well. Mm-hmm. But let's say they can trade Horford to the Suns for Devin Booker, and they they throw in like a pick or something like that, and then they can sign. Do they still Cousins. have all those picks? They still have a lot of picks. Yes. Yeah, because they got they took Tatum and Brown. I mean, they traded down in two years ago's draft, or in this they trade. Yeah, they traded down in this last draft and picked up another draft pick from the Sixers. Yeah, and like Danny Ainge, he's very good GM. And you were saying earlier, I remember a show last semester, you were talking about how overrated Danny Ainge is. Danny Ainge is overrated, but he's a good GM, if that okay. makes any sense. Celtics fans think he's like... A god. You know, yeah, basically a god, yeah. But Danny Ainge, I mean, he's a, he's a very good GM, So, but tonight, he is overrated. <laughs> games tonight, we have Wizards, Raptors. That series is tied at two. Oh, yeah. We got Pacers, Cavs, series tied at two. Ah! And then we got two <laughs> series that could end tonight, probably will. You got Jazz, Thunder... With that whole thing with the Thunder, that whole experiment. Yeah. And then you got uh, Rockets, Timberwolves. We're, I guess we'll start with Rockets. You think Rockets are going to win this? Yeah, I think it, I think it's kind of over. Uh, game five in Houston. I mean, you saw the Rockets. If you were paying attention, they put 50 points on the Timberwolves in the third quarter to pull away. And from then it was over. Yeah. And I just don't think the Timberwolves have the right firepower or the right coaching. They, they need to fire Tom Thibodeau. I'm sorry. But they have the talent. They have the talent to be like a four seed. They don't. They have. They don't have the talent to compete with the Rockets. Also, the you round. have Wiggins and Cat. Those are two guys that are again. That's another. Next I think. Year I think Wiggins be... is pretty bad. Wiggins. Yeah, I haven't seen him do anything this whole series. He's if he scores, it's all on isolation. It's not in the flow of the offense. I think they need to. I mean, they paid him a ton of money. He's a good young player. He's a good young player. I think. I think you got to let him develop, but. That's again that one more year. So the one NBA more year, is yeah. looking uh, really good next year. Yeah, Jazz Thunder. Jazz Thunder. I like the Jazz again. I think they. I they, love Jazz. They get more assists. I, you like Jazz, but uh, they get more assists as a team than the Thunder, who have the the league's leading assist man, Russell Westbrook. Yes, yeah, he he averaged ten, ten point zero, triple double, baby. I thought that was the rebounds. Triple double and uh, yeah, ten point zero, ten point zero, or maybe it was eleven. Yeah, I think he had but, 11 assists. Okay, maybe you're right. I, he needed you are 16 right. rebounds in the final game to get then, the average. Yeah, he got them, yeah. <laughs> of course. But he, um, I think the Jazz, they're just a better team. Rubio is somehow in Russell Westbrook's head, which I love West, because Rubio is like my favorite is player. shut him down, John. Yeah, he, he, yeah exactly. He, he did shut him down because he didn't play any help defense on Donovan Mitchell, who had 28 points. What Westbrook, the Thunder cannot win with Westbrook. They got it. I really think they need to trade him. I really think they need to blow this whole thing, this whole failed super team up, rebuild around Steven Adams. 24 years old, one of the best centers in the league on offense and on defense. Yeah. He barely gets the ball at all, and he's still putting up 16 and 12. Look, let's let's just get this out of the way now. Yeah. Steven Adams has the best hair Absolutely. and beard in the NBA. He's also the strongest man in the NBA. Really? Did you see him take an elbow to the face and act like it was nothing? Well, he's from New Zealand, so he grew up like playing rugby and stuff. He right? grew up with uh, brothers who were all six eight or taller, and he's the youngest. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Man's just a walking tank, but you think he is a walking tank. You I think mean, yeah. the Jazz close out the series tonight? I think the Jazz close out the series. I think if Mitchell's not going to have a big game, then it's going to be Rubio. And if if Rubio doesn't have a big game, then Joe Ingles is going to somehow go off again. I love Joe Ingles. He's like a Toby Flanderson. Like, he looks like looks a like person Toby. from the Y when yeah. out on the court. Yep. He looks like Toby from The Office, kind of. I could see. Yeah. So Cavs, Pacers. You already know what I think about this one. Uh, I, 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 fl- I changed my mind. I'm going to go with the Cavs. I think the Cavs win in seven games. I think the Pacers will win at home, but 
I think the I take the Cavs and six. I think, I think Cavs well, I think, and six. Okay. I think LeBron's going to close it out. But, but we agree that they're going to win the series. Oh yeah, they're going to win tonight. Too. I think LeBron puts thirty-five and twelve on the head, as Shannon Sharp would say. Put a hundred racks on my man LeBron, as Shannon Sharp would say, my idol Shannon Sharp. But <laughs> I like I like the Cavs. Short story. All yeah. right. Raptors, Wizards. By mm. the way, I'm pulling for the Wizards here because I want to be right about the the Raptors choking. Plus, I always pull for an eight over a one, almost always. And it's John Wall, who's from Raleigh, yeah. right here in Raleigh. So that is really cool. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm pulling for the Raptors, because I because think... Because you don't love America, and you pull for a Canadian team <laughs> over the capital of the United States? It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, I think, that if D.C. loses this series, especially in the six games, they are seriously thinking about moving on from John Wall. Why, and I want nothing more than for the Hornets to trade oh. Kemba and Batum for John Wall. And I think that if DC oh. loses this series, that is Man. very likely. And that has been going through my mind since DC uh, lost those first two games. No. Kemba and Batum for John Wall. We dump can- Batum's contract. Oh we get gosh. a better playmaker. We allow Monk to start. And we have much more cap space. We don't have to pay Kemba all that much. We have more cap space to build around our team. Because instead of paying our shooting guard a lot... Also, that, that's not like super likely. No. But it could happen. It very well could happen. That being said, Murica, yeah. I still want the eight seed to win I do. Toronto. I do pull for John Wall. With, I like him, um, like who well. wins that, though? Who oh. wins tonight and who wins the series? Uh, Wizards win tonight. Raptors win in seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would... That would need a clutch Game 7 win. Yes. And you know the Raptors aren't going to do that. Well, clutch I mean, game. <laughs> I, I know the Raptors aren't going to do that, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. That's that's all the NBA playoffs. The time of Packers Life Sports Show for this school year is winding <laughs> is winding to a close. It's okay. Dry your eyes, John. Yes, I will. We're going to be back next year. Yeah, we're in a lab. I can't get anything wet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We, can't, we can't actually have, um, like, water in here because of the... How expensive all the stuff is. In yeah, here. yeah. We'd so. love to like you know build our network, continue our with our social network, so you can still follow us. We'll be updating throughout the summer about any NC State sports. Yeah, we still have shirts. They're yeah, if $5. you want some. Yeah, five dollar shirts. Hit us up. Um, the design on them is really cool. Hopefully, we'll have some more interviews next year. Yeah, we're we, def- yeah we're working on that. Yes, absolutely. One interviews are really fun. Two, they're a lot easier than prepping like material. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like going through the stuff. So we can just interview an athlete. That sounds super Very fun. Very organic, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to do that more next year. But this year has been really fun. Um, it's been so much fun. I barely knew you just from English class. Yeah, we really became friends like uh, on the show. It's really if cool. You, if you, yeah, think I about it I count you like as that. one of my closer friends right now, John. Yeah, you are too. Uh, mm-hmm. This is too wholesome. We need a stupid joke. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. Um, I just, I really enjoyed doing this show. But. 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 You said com- we need something stupid. I said but. Nice. <laughs> Actually, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've been holding that back for the entire year. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thank you guys um, for listening and uh, taking time to make us a part of your uh, part of your week. And uh, we really appreciate um, appreciate you guys supporting the show by listening every single week. Because if you didn't listen, it would just be me and John talking about sports, which we do anyway. But like, it wouldn't be as fun because we wouldn't have these microphones here. And you know, shout outs to GoPack.com. For uh, being awesome. They're our number one source. Yes. Yes. They're our primary source. Is amazing. And also, uh, both the Jamies here that run WKNC, the general manager and the Jamie. You guys are awesome. I don't know. I don't know if you're listening right now. The Jamie. Yeah. Well, it's two Jamies. (laughs) So they're amazing. And uh, this this radio station is amazing. Uh, That's it for us. This has been Pack is Life Sports Show. I'm Benjamin Denton. And I'm John Hinton signing off for one last time. Bye, y'all.